Why does the Torah begin with a base? Logically, it should have started with the first letter of the alphabet, an Aleph. So we'll see that there are three classic reasons that are given, and the Rebbe will have a question on each of the three. The way to answer that question, as is usually the case, is to find a common thread that runs right through them, that explains the notion of the letter Aleph and base and what they represent in a deeper level than what we had initially encountered. It will also help us to understand why it is that when the sages translated the Torah at the time of the Septuagint for Ptolemy, they changed the beginning of the um, Bereshis so that it would actually start with an Aleph. So the fact that the Torah begins with the letter Beis and not Aleph, which is the first of the 22 Hebrew letters. There are many explanations. We're going to focus on three. Umehem, Aleph. First, the Gemara Talmud Yerushalmi tells us, Yerushalmi Isa, the Kevin She'alef, he loshen, Rosh Etevis, Ariro. Seeing as Aleph is a letter that could represent the word Arira, which is the opposite of blessing, and the letter Beis is the beginning of the word Baracha. That's why the Torah began with a Beis, not an Aleph, because Beis represents Baracha. That's explanation number one. We want to start the Torah with the message of Baracha. Number two, Beis, the Medrash Nemar. Then there's a Medrash which tells us it has to do with the shape of the letter. The shape of the letter closed on three and open on one side. The fact that it's closed on three sides and open on one, which we'll see in a moment, represents the northern side. That is similar to what the Gemara tells us in Bob Basra, that the world was designed to be like an achsadra, like a, a portico, like some kind of an enclosed veranda, closed on three sides and open on the one. Why did Hashem design it that way, that the northern side should have no boundary in the same way as the other sides do? Of course, this is a more of a ruchnistic concept than a gashmistic concept. So it says in Pekat Rabbi Eliezer, Maybe a person will arrive and claim to be a deity. And we'll say to him, okay, fine, you want to claim that you're a deity? Seeing as the northern dimension of the world, and here you see the, the insight into the spirituality, it needs tikkun, it needs to be fixed. It needs, it's, it's susceptible to negative energy. As the Pasuk says, all negative comes from the north. You fix it. If you can fix it, if you can rid the world of that susceptibility, then we'll accept that you are a deity. So that f- the first explanation is Bay stands for Brocha. The second is the shape represents the world. And the third explanation is Besifra Kabbalah Mavur. Kabbalah explains, We're opening the Torah here, and we're reading the Torah. But what dimension of Torah do we have access to? The dimension of Torah that was made available to the lower spiritual worlds, Bria, Yetzira, and Asiya. Where did it come from? May Atsilos. It originated at a far higher level, Atsilos, but it became available to us. Kiapirish Hayodua, like it explains in Chesidus, that we say in Benching, the Al We thank you, Hashem, for the Torah, your Torah, that you taught us. When we call it your Torah, that's Torah in its pristine form, at the level of Atzilus. And when we talk about the fact that you've taught us the Torah, that's what Torah has already descended into the reality of Bria. 
according to Kabbalah, the Torah specifically starts with the second letter of the, of the alphabet, to illustrate to us that the Torah we're learning is the second level of Torah, not the primary level of Torah. The Aleph dimension of Torah remains in Atzilus beyond reach of the human experience. Okay, so those are the three explanations. Base stands for Brocha. Base shape represents the design of the world, which proves that there's a God. Or base is stage two of Torah, but stage one remains beyond our reach. So we have a question with each of the three. At face value, all three of them need to be explained. The first explanation that Beis stands for Brocha, definitely difficult to understand, because Beis could stand for other things, and so could Aleph. Like the Evan Ezra asks, There are various words that start with a Beis that represent the opposite of Brocha. And uh, in, on the converse, there are many letters that start with an Aleph, and they represent goodness. So why is it absolute that Brocha has to be base and that Aleph has to be negative? But with regard to the second explanation that it has to do with the shape of the letter at base. Let's, let's backtrack a step. Why would you think that the Torah should begin with an Aleph? What, just because you like things to be neat? Are we an OCD community, so we need Aleph to be first? No, the fact that Aleph is the first letter of the alphabet tells you that in the Seder of Kedusha, Aleph belongs at the beginning. So that's the reason, not just logically, but spiritually, why Aleph should be the first letter of the Torah. So the cave in Shalaf, the fact that Hashem designed the Hebrew alphabet, that Aleph should be the first letter, that tells you that Aleph must be the highest letter. So if then, using the logic as expressed in Torah itself, that it should by rights be Aleph, which is the first letter of any process, as it is the first letter of the Aleph base itself, it seems illogical to say, okay, well, we're going to ignore the fact that Torah prioritizes Aleph, as we know from the fact that Aleph is the first letter in the letters of Torah. We're going to put that aside because we'd like to use a letter that represents the nature of the world. The world is a far lower reality than Torah. Because you want to represent the world that is shaped in a similar way to the letter. That makes no sense. First of all, the world was created out of the Torah. Second of all, the only purpose of the world is for the Torah. As we know very well, it says that Hashem looked at the Torah and from that created the world. And as we know, that the Torah was created for the sake of two things that are called racious, one of which is Torah. So it makes no sense now that we should conform the Torah to the world because the world has a particular design. Therefore, the Torah should start with a base. If anything, it should be the other way around because in Torah, Aleph is such a powerful letter. Therefore, the world should represent Aleph somehow. And the question we have on the third answer, the Kabbalistic answer, which is that we only engage the second dimension of Torah, is that really true? 
Don't we say daily in our Birchus Torah that Hashem gave us His Torah? So the argument for Atzilus was to say His Torah remains on high and Limatonu, He taught us a dimension of Torah that we could relate to. But we say now Birchus HaTorah every single day that he gave us his Torah. Meaning, Torah as it is at Hashem's level, That's what Hashem gave us here in our world. So, why would you say now that Torah that we access is only a secondary dimension of Torah? Which means both sides of the argument. On the one hand, the implication is that Hashem gave us His Torah. On the other hand, what He gave us is exactly how the Torah appears in Atzilus. In other words, the Torah in Atzilus also begins with a base. The whole argument of Kabbalah was what? That the Aleph represents the Torah as it is in Atzilus. And the base represents a so-called downgraded version of Torah, which is accessible to us. But Nasan Lono, as Torah Soi, tells us that the way we were presented with the Torah, the words, the layout, the, is exactly as it is in Atzilus. So in Atzilus, it also starts with a base. The Loirak Atzilus of Atzilus, actually not only Atzilus, we can go higher too. At whichever level and dimension of godly energy it might be that can in any way be represented in letters, it will always be a base. So even higher than Atsilus, the Torah starts with a base. Which means that the original question stands as firmly. Why would the Torah begin with a letter base? At any level, certainly at the Atzilus level, and definitely at the higher levels. So, effectively, all the three answers that are supposed to solve for us why the Torah begins with the base seem to have a fundamental flaw. There's an overarching, surprising element to this whole conversation. Whichever one of the three explanations you go with, it will all bring to the same conclusion, namely... All three explanations insist that the Torah should be Bez first and not Aleph first. Yet we know the pretty infamous story of the Septuagint. When the 70s of Canaan translated the Torah for the Ptolemy of the time, so what does the Gemara tell us? Hashem inspired each of them that they should all have the same insight into how to translate the Torah into ancient Greek. And one of the, the, the shifts, one of, there were a few changes that they made. One of the changes that they made was the way they translated the first opening line of the Torah is as if it started off with the word Elohim. God created Bereshis. The fact that Hashem inspired them, that they should write the Torah in such a way that it begins with the equivalent of the word Elikim, in other words, with an Aleph. That implies that there's a very good argument for the Torah starting Dafka with an Aleph. Otherwise, Hashem would never have allowed it. There are dozens of other ways, I'm sure. 
that they could have altered the translation so as not to mislead the Greeks. But the fact that they chose Dafka with divine inspiration to start with an Aleph tells you that it has a place and a strong place in logic, in holy svarah. And the three explanations and others that we may find why the Torah begins with a base would never have satisfied that the king told me. And so therefore Hashem miraculously inspired them that this is how they should do it. But besides that, the whole story is strange. We have already identified that there are various reasons in Torah why the Torah cannot begin with another. Do you honestly believe you couldn't find one of those reasons that would have been satisfactory to Talmai? That they had to change and Dafka use an Aleph? So we must be missing something over here about what the Aleph and the Bays really represent and why it's different in our experience and in the experience of Talmai and his cronies. So the explanation boils down to a very important principle about the concept of learning Torah. The Pasuk says, why was the land of Israel lost? Because they abandoned my Torah. Amru Chazal, so the famous Gemara tells us, that what does it mean they abandoned the Torah? People learned Torah. What does it mean they abandoned? Shaloi Baruch Hu That people learned Torah without first saying Baruch Hu Torah. Amavur Bebach, Vanirbaz Merabbeinu Yoyno, Sha'af Shalom Du Torah Harba. So the Bach tells us they learned a lot of Torah. Mikom Mokam Neder Mema Kavono. What did they forget in all of their learning? They forgot the intention of why we learn Torah, which is lihis atzim or lihis dabek bekedushas ruchnis atayr l'amshich hashchina chulei. They forgot that the purpose of Torah is to become unified with the holiness of Torah and to bring shchina into this world. They learn Torah as an academic pursuit. Bezeu apirish deov de haoretz, and that's what it means that the land was lost. Klaim nechreva minishera chumris mibli over sham kedushas hashchina means the land lost its spiritual content. It lost its hosting of the Shekhinah. It became a purely materialistic land. And therefore, it, it, from that, everything else unraveled. So now that teaches us, Pirish, the Betero Yeshnam Shneinyonim. That Torah has two components and their fundamental components. One component of Torah, which most people identify with, is that it's an intellectual process. You have to understand what you learn. Bayes, the second more important is that the purpose of learning Torah is to unite us with he who gave the Torah. In other words, the fact that Torah is a holy pursuit rather than an academic pursuit and it is something which is beyond intellect to allow us access to Hashem himself. Those are two fundamental components in Torah. Both have to be present and in the correct order. Who the correct order is. Even before you start the academic study process. The first thing before you start to learn Torah is you have to have the focus on connecting to the essence of Torah which is beyond the intellect. Like the Gemara said clearly, their mistake was that they didn't first say the bracha before they began to learn. They didn't first create the correct orientation before they began the academic pursuit. Once you've created the orientation, then you could learn Torah using all of your intellectual faculties. 
זהו גם הביר בפשטס הזה, שהסכולת התורה הוא בייז, היא בבייז ולא באלף. Now you have a very obvious reason why the Torah starts with a base and not an Aleph. To tell you that by the time you open the book and you start to learn, that's base. Hoyis Aleph meiralin habar beroish. Aleph represents something that precedes the learning of Torah. Or base alinin habar sheni. And base represents the second step of the process. Inyan zeshish yisrael kere v'leim of the Torah kvar base the Torah. In other words, it's telling us right from the get-go that the moment you start to learn Torah, you're in phase two. The academic part, the understanding, is the secondary aspect of Torah. The primary aspect of Torah, the first step of Torah, is the fact that you need, via the Torah, to be connected to himself, who is beyond anything that you could imagine. Beyond being shaped or, or, or represented by letters, and this part has to precede the Torah because that is the only appropriate preparation for Torah. If you just jump straight into the intellectual component, you'll miss the boat completely like happened. Unfortunately, of the Haaretz, you could lose everything. So what is the Aleph of Torah before you open the book? Connection and orientation to Noisen HaTorah. So now we understand why it doesn't matter which level of Torah you're at. Even if you're learning Torah or you encounter Torah as it sits in Atzilus or even higher dimensions that we don't even know how to describe, it will always begin with a letter base because this is a truism across the board. Because at every level of Torah, these two realities exist. There's the part of Torah as it is within the reality of the world, expressed in language and understood in logical concepts. And then beyond that, there is the source from which the Torah derives, which is beyond any language or any description, etc. So, that's the real explanation. Why does the Torah start with a base? To remind us what Torah is. It's not another subject that you study. This is godliness in book form. Now, any time that you have various explanations on a single word, concept, pasuk, they all interrelate. As the Rebbe explains numerous times. So therefore we have to say the three explanations, that base stands for brocha, and that base represents the shape of the world, and that base represents that our Torah that we access is not the Atzilus level, they're all known. All three of those are the outcome of this principle. Because we have this principle which says, before you start the intellectual process of Torah, you have to create a foundation of dedication to God, that will help us understand all three of the explanations in a better and deeper way. Our core explanation over here is that the Aleph, the primary step of Torah learning, is to become absolutely one and unified with Hashem. Noisen HaTorah. And then, and then the fact that the actual learning of Torah is step two. So let's see how that flows through all three of these explanations. This principle that there is the Aleph that precedes the base, that there has to be the orientation to connect to Hashem, 
that has to precede the learning, that will express itself in three different dimensions of Torah, represented by these three explanations. Aleph and Egele Torah Gufa. The first place it will play out is with regards to the actual concept of Torah itself. So that's how Pira Shalpi Kabbalah. Kabbalah speaks about the essence of the topic, so the essence of Torah itself. What does Kabbalah tell us? So Kabbalah puts it into these words. The principle is that the core of Torah is something beyond the human experience. So therefore it's called Atzilus. And then there's the learning of Torah. The learning of Torah takes place in the realities of Biyah. That's a description of Torah itself. Next level, Beis HaPu'ula Be'odem Haloim Torah. Then let's look at how the Torah impacts the person, the practitioner, the person who's studying Torah. The moment a person is conscious of the fact that the learning I'm doing intellectually is only the second phase of Torah, but the pristine core of Torah is beyond me and my, exp- uh, my understanding. That's when your learning is blessed. Then your, your, your learning is not where I am the beginning, I am the Aleph. This is where it starts. That is the opposite of Brocha. So, how does a person have Brocha in their learning? Through acknowledging the source and acknowledging dedication to God. Thirdly, Torah is not only to impact the person who learns Torah, it's supposed to have an knock on effect and to transform the whole world. When a person learns Torah the way that you should, where you start off by originally having the consciousness of what Torah is and what the purpose of learning Torah is about, that allows me the opportunity to close off that open, susceptible part of the world which attracts negative energy. Why? Because I'm learning Torah properly. So if I'm learning Torah properly, I can bring about the correct bracha and safety, so to speak, spiritual safety to keep the world as Hashem intended it, not as He originally created it. So that's alluded to by the letter base, which tells you the world needs help. I'm going to help the world. How will I help the world? By learning Torah properly. Let's explain this a little better. When we say that they blessed or didn't bless, it's not just that a person, okay, I'm going to say a brocha, and as I say that brocha, I am going to have intention to connect my neshama telikus. It's supposed to be that I have an intention to connect to godliness. Therefore, that intention is going to motivate me to learn Torah. The bracha is the beginning of the process of learning Torah. In other words, the two must work together. It is insufficient for a person to learn Torah without that intention. In fact, without that intention, everything falls apart. But it is also insufficient for a person only to have the intention, I want to connect to God without realizing that in order to do so, I have to learn Torah by one of our So because we need the two to work together, you can imagine that that will play out in the experience of the actual Torah. The impact on the person who is learning Torah. And how it touches the world. So let's see how each one of those is influenced by this collaboration of connecting to Hashem's essence and understanding Torah at the same time. Let's assume that a person learned Torah just purely as an academic pursuit without the consciousness of, I want to connect to Hashem through Torah or I'm required to connect through Torah. 
The net result of that would be that a person would learn Torah in a way that the Torah has become distinct from and detached from godliness. Which could have all kinds of negative spiraling effects, arrogance, uh, inappropriate halachic decisions, all the way to to the extent of starting even a, 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 a renegade religion. That's why. How do we start the Torah with a base? What is a base? A base represents the world of Bria. The world of Bria is where not everything is absolutely homogenous, and it allows the possibility that you could go all the way down to Asiya, where you could get Misham Yiparet. That from Bria you could you could get such a divergence where things actually move in opposite direction to what Hashem wants. So if a person does not learn Torah with the correct intention, chas v'shalom, they could create all kinds of mayhem. Whereas, on the other hand, if a person learns Torah appropriately, which is that you first make the bracha, which acknowledges Noisinat Torah, and orients you in a way that you understand my purpose is to connect to Noisinat Torah, then, then whatever Torah I now learn is absolutely beautifully connected to Hashem. The experience of material learning is like the experience of, of, of Atzilus, where Hashem is an obvious reality, and creation is a reality that you have to analyze and see whether it's true or not. So the Torah experience, when I have the right intention, is that the Torah experience remains absolutely one with Hashem. What about me? So the, Torah, the Gemara tells us if a person has the right merits, then the Torah that they learn becomes like a medicinal balm that invigorates the person. If they don't have the schus, it becomes toxic. That's alluded to in the fact that a base could represent blessing and aleph the opposite. Because when a person learns Torah in a way of Zohar, so we always translate Zohar just simply as merit. But the better translation is in a way of clarity, where there's no murkiness of, of agendas or ego. It's just clear Torah. It's the experience of learning Torah where right from the outset you feel and sense a palpable awareness of the fact that this is godly, that this is Hashem's Torah. If that is the primary approach that I have to Torah, first I feel and sense the holiness and the connection to Hashem. Then I get the base, the bracha, that it becomes the elixir of life. But if a person learns Torah in a way that doesn't have that clarity, where a person insists that the rational appreciation of Torah is the primary purpose of Torah. I have to understand. That's what counts more than anything else. And the person, because they're so invested in the intellectual component, starts to lose touch with the godly component what really is the Aleph of Torah. Then that person's Torah experience is all bound to an Aleph that is the opposite of Rocha. Instead of having the Aleph of consciousness of God, it's the Aleph of consciousness of me. And that unfortunately leads, leads to a toxic experience. 
Gimel, what about the impact on the world? In order for the Torah to have its intended impact on the world, which is, What does it mean that the Torah should impact the world? That there should be a general con- consciousness in the world that there is a balabos, that the world it has to defer to authority. So how do you impact the world to be conscious of Hashem? You have to start by learning Torah in a way that you're conscious of the Torah. That's alluded to by the, the shape, the design of the letter base. Which is supposed to represent the concept of the world not being fully enclosed, not being fully protected. When a person learns Torah appropriately, that the learning, the intellectual part is step two. Because you have a healthy awareness of the fact that the Aleph, the primary aspect of Torah is God himself. That helps close off the world and create a wholesome, healthy environment of awareness of he who controls everything. Okay, so that's how a Jewish person is supposed to learn Torah. That you cannot really experience Torah in its pristine sense, in its healthiest sense, unless you first acknowledge Nois and HaTorah, and that you intend to connect to Nois and HaTorah. That's how a Jew has to learn Torah. That's exactly the reason why when the sages were inspired to translate the Torah for the Greeks in a particular way, they dafka started the Torah with an Aleph. They were inspired by Hashem to do so. Why? Because the principle which says that Torah cannot really begin until you first acknowledge Hashem and you want to connect to Hashem, that's a Jewish experience. We know that the halacha, very dramatic halacha, is that a non-Jewish person who studies Torah for Torah's sake, it's a capital offense. What does that mean? That tells you that a non-Jewish person is not permitted to learn Torah for Torah's sake. What he is permitted to learn is what is practical in his life. The areas of Torah that address the seven mitzvahs that every human has to abide by. Now that we appreciate that the only reason a non-Jewish person would learn Torah is for practical purposes. So it's then obvious that the only part of Torah which is relevant to them is the part of Torah that can be understood. But the essence of Torah, which is beyond what you can understand, must be irrelevant to people whose only requirement to learn Torah is to understand what to do. The concept of making a bracha prior to learning Torah, that's only relevant to Jews. The actual bracha over the Torah says this. That Hashem chose us from amongst all the other nations. And only us did He give His Torah. Part of Torah that could be understood. Anybody could read. But His Torah, the essence of God, that's only available to us. So therefore, in that moment where the Zkenim had to translate the Torah into Greek, 
Why did they do such a thing? To create access for B'nai Noyach to Torah. The most appropriate way to translate Torah for the world out there is to start with the word Elohim. To start the Torah with an Aleph. To illustrate that when it comes to the rest of the world, the academic intellectual pursuit of Torah is the be-all and end-all. But for us, it's a totally different experience. For us, it dare not be the, the point of departure, the point of beginning. Of course, we start three parashas Bereshis on Simchas Torah. And Simchas Torah, as a time, as a celebration, is directly related to this principle. Why? Because Simchas Torah is celebrated not through learning, but through dancing. And there's this paradoxical reality that when you dance with your feet on Simchas Torah, that's when you access the essence of Torah. The Zohar describes it this way. The Jewish people make a celebration with the Torah. We call it Simchas Torah. And listen to what the, what the Zohar says. And they adorn the Sefer Torah with its crown. I know there's something much more than just the fact that to put a silver crown on top of a Torah. The Zohar is telling us that the celebration of Simchas Torah is directly related to putting a crown onto the Torah. A crown always sits above the head. Which represents drawing the infinite godliness into the Torah. The celebration of Simchas Torah is that we connect the Jews and the Torah to Noisen Torah. We give the crown. We plug the Torah into the dimension of Torah where it came from. Beyond intellectual. Once we have that preparation on the eve of Simchas Torah, then the following day we're in the right space to be able to start reading the Torah. Which Dafka begins with the letter Beis. To highlight for us that the entire intellectual process of Torah learning is only phase two of Torah. And the beginning of the entire experience of Torah is absolute dedication to Hashem, which we proved the night before because we danced for the Torah. And that's how we access Hashem's essence through Torah, which is really what Torah is all about.